Welcome to Mindful Talk, brief conversations about mindfulness in the workplace and at home. I am your host, Lauren Wessinger. And I'm your host, Misty Anderson. And this podcast is brought to you by The Mindful Project. Welcome to episode 11, post-election practices. Are we post-election, Misty? We're November 4th, (laughs) whatever that means today. We thought we would be in the clear post-election having this podcast, and we purposefully are actually recording today on the 4th because we wanted to be really raw with our feelings, whether the election went what we consider our way or not. We wanted to talk with you guys from that place, but here we are still waiting in the middle. And it this is a time where we're all going to have to dig really deep and put our patient pants on (laughs) our patient pants. I love it. And I don't, I I'm, I'm willing to bet there's a lot of people out there that really struggle with patience. And so it's just a time where um, I think it's actually good that we're recording because I think people are going to need an outlet to kind of funnel themselves through the next gosh, what they're saying could be weeks for sure. And I'm personally selfishly grateful to be recording today because just getting on and talking with you is, is doing something productive with the waiting, the energy of waiting. I agree. I was really glad I got to talk to you, um, kind of get it all out and have a good conversation. Yeah. So tell me how you're feeling. I woke up the very first thing I did. I didn't do a lot of digging in last night. I kind of put my phone away. We checked in a little bit and then I went to bed early. I knew that there was no way they were going to announce it, you know, bedtime. So I thought I'll just catch it on the flip side in the morning. And I woke up. First thing I did was open Google and it's like, no results. We're still waiting. And initially I felt like, oh my gosh, it's going to keep on going. Like I'm ready for this to be over and no. But then I thought, I'm about to get up and I'm about to do the exact same things I did yesterday. And when I thought that in my head, I thought, okay, the most important thing I can do today is to stick to my routine, keep my head down, check in periodically, talk to the people I normally would talk with and continue on my day. And so I kind of have an odd sense of peace like what will be, will be, which is not necessarily like me. I would typically like be more concerned about this, but I think I've just begun to like, let some of it go because kind of have to. Yeah. It's almost like for sure in 2020 and really with the last four years, whatever side of the spectrum on you're on or whatever your worldview is, you can't deny that it's been an interesting time. And a contentious time. And I think we've had practice in this letting go because we've had to also live our lives and try to live well and try to find joy amidst everything that's going on. And so if 2020 has given us anything, it's this ability to kind of get to this point, this election day and the day after and the week after in a little bit more of a different place than perhaps we would have if we hadn't had 2020 leading up to it. I don't know. It's like we've been practiced and we've had time to practice our resilience. A lot of people have had their, sorry to interrupt. A lot of people have had their control 
kind right. of taken from them in 2020. So they've already let go of that control, like you're saying. And so right. it's, this is just one more thing. You're like, well, yeah. Theme. It's a total theme of letting go. Right. And I don't get me wrong. I've had my moments about the selection of anxiety and um, just worry about what it all means for really the future of our kids. But today, this week, I'm feeling pretty settled about it because of my tools. I will say it's because of my tools. And at this point, there's nothing we can do about any of it anyway, except not get complacent and continue to vote on our local elections. Yep. 100%. So tell me about your tools because that's what everybody needs. Yes. So the first thing I am currently on a social media hiatus for the month of November. So I am not getting on Instagram or Facebook for a month. And it actually didn't start around the election on purpose. It just happened to be here. I have to take a week off for a silent retreat I'm attending for a prerequisite for a big course. And I had to sign an oath that I will not be on text, email, social media, news sites, anything for a week. And I thought, you know, now that I don't own a bricks and mortar studio anymore, I can do this. Now is the time I can just see what life is like without it. And so that's actually been drastically helping me because, you know, I get enough media through newyorktimes.com and npr.com and CNN and Fox News. I mean, there's plenty of information without adding everybody's extra opinions on social media on top of it and extra emotion. So that's been really helping me. And I would say you don't necessarily need to go on a social media diet or detox, but maybe choose where you're going to get your information. And instead of visiting 10 places, maybe just visit one this week or limit social media to mornings and evenings this week instead of refreshing all day. So really just limiting tech. And then I've been using this as an opportunity, you know, in times of stress, we either forget all the stuff that makes us feel good and go to all the stuff that makes us feel like crap instead to cope. But this week I'm using it as an opportunity to, to practice drinking more water, getting outside every day, limiting tech, um, moving my body every day and, and not wasting this opportunity for growth, because I'm getting to the age where I can really take a step back. And I've been practicing mindfulness so long that I can use stressful times as opportunities now. And I don't always get it right. And it's not always perfect, but it's been pretty cool to see how much better I feel than perhaps I would have 10 years ago during this time. I think the social media cleanse, I think a lot of people are starting to get on that bandwagon Um, because you just, it's like, you feel great and then you log on and then you leave 30 minutes later or whatever it is and you feel terrible and you feel like everybody's coping better than you are and some people don't care and they let it roll off and you're in this drowning sorrow. So it's just a lot and the opinions like what you were saying mm-hmm. is where it'll get you. So I've definitely been more, <coughs> more mindful. Like I put all of my social media apps in one little folder and then moved it to the very last screen. So that's as mindful as I'm going to be right now. Um, I think I've been really intentional about keeping a piece of paper in my kitchen that has activities that are mindful activities 
that I can check the box and say, I did that. Like the laundry, washing the dishes, going for a walk, getting outside to do yoga, riding my bike with the kids, whatever it is, I make a list. And there are things that are tan like very easy for me to achieve and checking those off and staying on top of those. Like yesterday, I cleaned out a random drawer that needed to be cleaned out really bad. But in that moment when it happened, I was feeling fidgety and a little overwhelmed and like I wanted to go get my phone. And I was like, take a step back, Misty. What's something you can do right now? And I happened to be standing in front of that drawer and I was like, oh, this drawer's a mess. And it really only took me like five minutes to clean the drawer, but the activity was very engaging. It moved my brain away from the feeling of wanting to go check all that stuff and kept me in the moment. So I think keeping a running list of things, of mindful activities that you can do and get checked off is something that can be really helpful for people right now. I have a girlfriend who texted me yesterday that that's what she was also doing. She said, sorry, I didn't come to my phone. I've been trying to like do random things like clean the pantry. And so I know people are doing this and it's probably not an aha to a lot of people, but if you're kind of circling the drain and you need some tools to kind of climb out, it's very, very simple. Look around your house, find something that you kind of been putting off or something that you need to check off your to-do list and just go do it. And you'll get your mind off of, you know, all of this stuff. I think that's great because it, it gives your mind a sense of control when we don't have a lot right now and, and uncertainty and ungroundedness is really hard for the mind. It's actually a really fertile place for a lot of growth and strength, and it's really, really hard. And so I think that list of tasks, checking them off, doing them mindfully, not multitasking, but doing one task at a time is going to give you a feeling of control, which which sure, it's not a real feeling of control, but right now it kind of doesn't matter. It's the novelty feeling of control in the moment that matters right now. So I love that. Yeah, that's exactly, I feel like I can control it. I controlled my drawer. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and the, the feeling of cleaning something out, I think yeah. metaphorically is super cleansing for your, your body and your mind too. I mean, it's like spring cleaning your house feels so good and and create space. And I think that's great. Yeah. So get out your list, make your little list of things you, but I think the important thing to remember is things you can complete. Don't drag yourself. This is not right. the time to like decide to take up woodworking or sourdough baking. Like, <laughs> you know, grab yourself a little thing that you can do. Mm -hmm. um, and my girlfriend, she's been wanting to read more, but then get stuck in that social media whole. And so she said her goal yesterday was just to read for 10 minutes, just mm -hmm. physically read her book for 10 minutes. Great. She said her timer, she read for 10 minutes. And she said, when it went off, I actually was really into my book at that point And I wanted to keep going. And so she did. And so, so sometimes it's, yeah, it's just like set a little bitty goal. It doesn't yeah. have to be big as goes the theme with 2020. Right. <laughs> totally. I, I want to touch on something you said, like getting on social media and feeling that sense of overwhelm. And you and I have a pretty good handle on this day today. We've had a lot of practice. Um, we have a lot of tools, but I just want to, for a moment, normalize that most people are having a pretty hard day today. Most people are having a pretty hard week. I mean, I am too. I'm just managing it well. 
I don't want to come across as though we're somehow unaffected by this week. We're very affected and we know how to manage it. And we're not always successful at it, right? It kind of ebbs and flows. There was a term that came out of the 2016 election that is not a medical diagnosis, but it characterizes the high levels of stress from an intense election cycle. And that term is election stress disorder. More than two thirds of adults have said from that election and this one, that this election is a significant source of stress in their lives. Just, just really normalizing how you're feeling today. There's nothing wrong if you're feeling elevated levels of anxiety, maybe confusion, maybe depression. There is nothing wrong. You are living in the strangest election of probably our lifetimes and the strangest year of our lifetimes with everything else that's going on. Um, the American Psychological Association did a study recently and said the majority of people across political affiliations say that this 2020 election is a major source of stress. So it doesn't matter if you identify as Democrat or Republican, I think we can sort of feel into this shared sense of hope for things to be better. And we get to translate what that means to us individually and how we're gonna add back to society when this is all over. I really, I was watching, I think Good Morning America the other day, they have um, Dr. Jen, if you watch Good Morning America ever, she's like their resident physician that they kind of call upon. And this is, you know, this is just a physician speaking. So it's not about her party or ABC because it was on Good Morning America. This is mm -hmm. literally a doctor saying, I saw 25 patients yesterday. And of all 25 patients, every single one of them expressed anxiety and stress over the election. And she said, that's really unheard of. She said, I hear a lot of repeating patterns over 2020. She's definitely seen an increase in mental health and people coming to her for antidepressants and things like that because of depression. But she said she's never once heard every single patient come in and express concern over a particular topic. So it goes right back to what you were saying. We are fortunate because we have these mindfulness tools, which we hope we are giving to you guys through this podcast. It's up to you to take these tools and start to incorporate them. What I will tell you is if you're just beginning your mindfulness journey, it's not going to make you like super patient and down to earth and let every, be able to let everything go off your shoulders. Mindfulness, just like any kind of other exercise, takes time. And so this is a great opportunity, if you don't, to start practicing mindfulness. Because I think in the coming months, we're all going to have to be very mindful of our interactions, of how we speak to others, and how we voice our opinions. And it's going to change the landscape a little in that respect. And so I just think it's a really good time to start reaching for those tools and not letting everything get the best of us. Um, and being that patient that walks in and saying, I'm really stressed and overwhelmed with the election, which is most people. So nobody's alone. Um, and just like Lauren said, I feel the, the anxiety and the stress over the election as well. And so I've just dug deep this last week to really overcome that. And still right now I am even sitting in this podcast. 
And I think it's good to remember that the mindful option or the mindful alternative to how you're feeling is not going to be the one that you necessarily want to do. You are going to want to over drink, overeat, over attached to tech. You're going to want to do all the things that give you a sense of kind of numbing out. And so the mindful option, you might be aware like, oh, I have this mindfulness exercise I could do, or I could approach this more mindfully, but I kind of don't want to. So that's a moment of mindfulness, that awareness in that moment, the awareness that, that here's one of those crossroads situations, and I'm going to take the path of mindfulness and just see how it works for you. See how it works. It's harder to do it that way, but so much better. So here's a perfect example of mindfulness last night. I was upstairs where my bedroom is. I was leaving my bedroom and I had my cell phone in my hand and it was 745. I was about to walk down the stairs with my cell phone and I thought, you know what? It's probably best that I just leave this upstairs for tonight. I don't need to talk to anybody. I don't need to like brood with those that are on the same side as me. And like, I can't believe this. I don't need to do any of that. And so at that moment, I almost kept going down the stairs and I was like, nope. And I went and put it back on my nightstand and that's where it stayed until this morning. So that awareness and that little voice that you hear that tells you I should put my phone down or I should go for a walk or I'm feeling like I'm just really bogged down in this. Those are times where you can tell yourself, oh yeah, Misty said, find a mundane, easy task that I can check off my list or find a task that's easy, that's joyful for you. That's even better. Um, For me, that's become walking, just going for a walk. So I think you're going to have to get creative. And I find for myself, I have to write them down and they need to be somewhere where I see it all the time. And I leave that on the bar in the kitchen. And it's kind of like, my to-do list, but it's really my keep myself busy and my mind busy tasks. (laughs) I love it. So you have these constant reminders. It's like the the question of where should we go out to eat? I don't know. Where do you want to go eat? I don't know. Where do you want to go eat? And so we've put a list of restaurants in our phone because we can never remember when the time comes. Right. That's that's smart. And same thing. You can put your list in your phone and then you know. Totally. And I love the list because, you know, distraction when chosen well is actually a good thing, you know, like distraction when it's your habitual thing that numbs you out, maybe not such a good thing, but distraction, as far as this list idea that you have, Misty, I actually really love, I yesterday needed to hear something that had nothing to do with anything political or at all. And so I listened, one of my favorite podcasts is the Practice You podcast with Elena Brower. And yesterday I listened to an episode, the latest with a writer named Albert Flynn De Silva, I think is his name, De Silver. And it was just on writing and inspiration and meditation. And it was like a big sigh for my body of just space and relaxation and ease. And so choosing distraction wisely also, like yesterday was not the day for me to listen to a podcast on neuroscience. You know, (laughs) I've done the exact same thing. So I have been listening to podcasts, but to get my news, like I listen to the daily every day and a couple of other things. Yesterday, I downloaded a no day before yesterday, I downloaded a brand new book. It's complete fiction. It is light. It has a happy ending, I'm assuming. And 
it didn't have anything to do with what was going on in the world. And so I took a whole hour and I went out, put my headphones in and I listened to my book. And honestly, when I was done, it was like almost, um, like I almost felt sad that it was over because it was so nice just to have that hour of escaping, going somewhere else. So I think, but you have to be intentional about it. Just like you said, it's really easy to get on your podcast and pick up the ones that you always listen to. Maybe that's where you get your news. Um, and so it's just being mindful about those Mm -hmm. and, and, and intentional. Yeah. So I wanted to end with, um, a practice that I use regularly when I'm really stressed. And I think it's um, very helpful for releasing some of the tension and helping you relax a little bit. Oh, yay. And, and you can do this, honestly, sometimes when I know that I'm really stressed and I'm standing at the kitchen sink, I will just do my upper body. Um, but for the sake of now, we're just going to assume that you're sitting somewhere comfortable. So get really comfortable. And then I want you to close your eyes. Just take a minute, get your, get settled in your seat. All right. Now I want you to start by really squeezing your toes up. Squeeze, squeeze your toes. Now relax your toes. Now I want you to kind of flex your foot and make it to where your calf is really tight. Keep pointing. Now release your calf. Now tense up the area in your quads and your thighs. You might need to stretch your leg out to get them really tight. We want them as tense as we can. All your muscles are being squeezed. And let that go. Now take your fists or your hands and make a fist. And then I want you to squeeze your fist as tight as you can. And then let that go. Release. Now take your shoulders and bring your shoulders all the way up to your ears. Squeeze them way tight up to your ears. And then let them go. Now, squeeze your eyes really tight. And when you release, slowly open them. So that exercise is a way our muscles recognize that it's a time for us to kind of chill out. I often do this too right before I go to sleep. Like I tense up everything all at once and then let it go. So sometimes if you don't have time for like something like we just did and you know your body's really tense, just squeeze every muscle you can, no matter where you're at, shake a little bit and then let it go. And that does send a a message to your brain that, okay, we need to calm down. I love that. I felt such a state change. It was really powerful. Good. Well, we wish everyone well and Hopefully we have an end to this soon and we have results, but until then you've got some tools and it's up to you to reach for those tools. So make sure you do. Thanks, Lauren. Thanks, Misty. Thank you so much for listening to Mindful Talk. We don't take it lightly that you spent your time listening to our podcast and we are forever grateful. 
If you'd like to support the podcast, please subscribe on your favorite podcast platform and leave us a rating and a review. Welcome to a more mindful way of living and working.